Join the conversation. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. Welcome to the show and go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. Hello and welcome to the show and go on SEN with myself, Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell. Drew, happy Sunday to you. Happy Sunday. The tragic is back. Tragic's back. I'm back from a a couple of weeks uh, overseas. I'm looking quite tanned because it is quite hot in Thailand, Koh Samui, Copenhagen. (laughs) I I also got over to Singapore and spruced a few things over there. You've been over there before, Drew? Uh, I have a long time ago. Is that right? Yeah, a long time ago, but uh, maybe I'm due to go back. I think you'd enjoy the chili crab. Oh, the, yeah, the chili. Is it chili mud crab? It, it is mud crab. Um, everything's imported in Singapore, believe it or not. Everything gets imported to Singapore. Right. So uh, Sri Lankan mud crab is what I ate whilst right. over there. In Singapore? In Singapore. Delicious. No, okay. Nevertheless. Hey, we've got a huge show lined up today. We do. We're, I'm having some issues. You're having some issues? What's new then, Drew? I, I, yeah, I know. But I'm currently on the text to... Richie Mwanga of the Crusaders. We're trying to work out how we dial his Kiwi number off a landline. Oh, I see. Um, I see. We're in sort of the bit of a bit of a rough patch with Richie, who's sitting <laughs> on a who's sitting on a plane right now to go. And, to and Perth. He's, he's sending me four laughing emojis, saying, "Sorry, bro, I don't actually know how to call it either." So maybe if someone can text us how we call one, we've got a plus six four number, but. How do we do it off a landline? Oh, we'll figure it out. We've got the experts here at SEN to do so. Well, we've got Richie coming up whilst Drew figures it out. And he figures out some more issues in his life as well. And we'll, we'll, we'll unpack those as we go. We've also got Paul Dawn, the Waratahs CEO. Uh, and what a win for the Waratahs last night for the boys. I mean, really and truly... When was the last time that we had a win like that in Super Rugby in Australia? It's uh, a pretty special night for New South Wales Rugby uh, and a pretty difficult one for someone like Richie Mawanga, who we're going to get on the show. However we get him on, we're getting him on, Drew. Yeah, well, hopefully his flight departs to Perth because they're taking on the force next week. It departs in 25 minutes. So if we do call him, if we do get through, he'll be probably buckling up and... What is it? Stowing his tray table and yeah, and, and yeah, getting the flight directions. You, mm. I'm always a fan of the flight directions. Are you? I kind of am. And you know what? I always maintain eye contact with the flight attendants while they do it to make sure I'm paying attention. That's weird. You reckon? It's weird. I don't know. I think it's respect. I mean, look, yeah, but like a glance every now and then is fine, but not like a creepy <laughs> stare. It's not a creepy stare. Mate, I, I made, you do I, creepy I, stares yeah. very well. <laughs> I do. I do. Well, uh, Drewy, honestly, huge show we've obviously got on today, but let's just go straight into the type five, the top five stories in world rugby at the moment. Uh, number one, kicking it off for me, and I know I was away for it last week, but the Super W final the New South Wales Waratahs women going down 32-26 to the Fijiana and Drua. Um, huge game of rugby in some ways, Drew. And you know I'm a big Tars fan. I've made it very clear on this show. Um, is that not such a bad thing for someone to for someone else to win the comp? Uh, look, I don't think the girls from the Waratahs would see it that way. No, of course um, not. But I think in terms of competition, look, they've suffered their first two losses in the Super W's history, and it was against the Fijiana side in both the round competition but also in the final. So, I mean, it's good that they've 
gone from being the hunted to the hunter moving forward as well. So um, you look, picked you picked it. Well, I mean, look, there's those whispers coming out that the um, Fijiana side were going to be strong, and uh, they've they proved that was exactly the the right tip. I mean, yeah, I mean, they wiped everyone else throughout the season, and then uh, it was a good game of footy, great game of footy, good atmosphere, and great for. Women's rugby, uh, great for women's rugby in Fiji. Yeah, um, yeah. Women's rugby in Fiji is really going up. The Fijiana side in the sevens is strong, and as well as, um, oh, do we have word? Oh, 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 my God. There is a rumor in the studio. I'm going to have to interrupt you. Yeah, there, sure, Drew Mitchell. There's a rumor in the studio that we have Richie Mawanga on the line. Hey, Richie Mawanga, can you confirm that you are there here with us on the show and go with Drew Mitchell and Jimmy Galvin? I, I can confirm, yeah, it is uh, Richie Monga. <laughs> I've been I've been trying to get get a hold of you guys the last uh, twenty minutes, but I'm here now, mate. Thank you. I appreciate appreciate your time and and uh, and understand that you have you boarded the flight yet, or you're just about to. Um, boys, lads are lining up. Lads are lining. Up. It's a big line, so we we got we've got a bit of time. Oh, that's fine. When you're up when you're up the front of the plane, you can take your time, can't you? <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm basically right next to the pilot, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, uh, firstly, we've got to ask, obviously, about last night's game. Um, you having to sit this one out, how was it just to sort of see how that unfolded and what was the mood like in the in the sheds afterwards? Yeah, man, it was tough, eh? It was, uh, it was a tough watch for any uh, one involved in the Crusaders team or anyone who supports the franchise. It was pretty, it was pretty tough. Um, and the mood was, there was a lot of disappointment, um, yeah, boys were gutted, but hey, we we expected that from the Waratahs. Um, such a different team to what they were last year, mm. and yeah, I think it was an awesome lesson for us um, at this part of the season. Uh, a good wake up call, and um, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see how the boys react uh, for Perth next week. There's there's one thing you know with the the All Blacks and the the time management and the minute management of some of you guys. And you know, for you having to sit this one out, uh, what what are your sort of your views on that? Having to kind of be rested in certain periods of the season, and uh, and you know, and having to to miss those games, especially when the result goes that way. Bro, it's um it's tough, man. Like I, I to be honest, I don't like it at all. Um, you know, and you know yourself, yeah. you know, when you're playing, all you want to do is just give to your team and and, and offer and do whatever you can to prepare the team or, or play well for the team. So it was really hard to watch. And I guess the last couple of weeks, hard especially because there's been so much movement in our team. We had myself, George Bridge and Braden Eno and Ethan Blackadder mm. all out of last night's game. So we're sitting on the on the bench watching uh, sort of what unfolded. And, you know, we had the week before Davey and Will Jordan not, not play in a team like the Crusaders where there's so many of us in the All Blacks. You know, I think we are affected by that more yeah. more than any other team. So it's, it is hard, man. It is hard. Hey, Richie, Jimmy Galvin here, mate. Look, I uh, firstly, hey, I, I wouldn't want to be the force next week after uh, that loss last night and with you guys coming back. I think, uh, yeah, it, that's a pretty scary prospect. But uh, a, a question I've got for you, mate. Which... I mean, you've, you've obviously come out of playing only Kiwi teams in Moana Pacifica for the first half of the season. Um, which yep. Are there any particular Aussie teams or players that stand out for you uh, as a veteran All Black now that you might have caught your eye to say, hey, geez, they're worth watching? Um, it's a hard one. It's uh, probably wouldn't say 
any individual. There's obviously a lot, but just really impressed with the Waratahs, really. Um, you know, they're, they're a niggly team, a team that lives off scraps, and what we have got last night is exactly what we prepared for. Um, and we were just a bit slow, we, you know, we are bent to the punch, uh, which is really hard because that's something we pride ourselves on. Um, but just really loving sort of the competition, you know, we've seen the Chiefs and Reds, um, and obviously the Force and Blues, and just how tough these games are, and it was a good wake-up call for us boys, really, to have a good look at ourselves, because what we saw last night was, was pretty disappointing, and, you know, it's really, yeah, disappointing for the lads. Bro, you're, uh, you've been in a tussle for that number 10 All Blacks jersey for a couple of years now with uh, Bowden Barrett. Is that something you're just tired of, like that narrative, like all of us media types talking about it? Or is it something that sort of pushes you and you, and you thrive off? Oh, to be honest, bro, I don't really read in yeah. too much of the media. Um, but, yeah, I, I can't control that. What I can control, as you know, is sort of how I perform and... Um, you know, my performance. So that's sort of one thing that I just focus on. Um, but I don't don't mind the challenge. I think me and Bodie have been sort of going at it the last couple of years and that's something that excites me because he, he's one of the best in the world. And to, you know, go head to head with someone like him is, is awesome for me and it sort of brings out the best in me as well. Hey, Richie, last year was a pretty difficult year for Super Rugby and now with the new setup, uh Super Rugby Pacifica, are you enjoying it the way that it is, or do you miss the old ways where you had to go over to South Africa and test yourself against the Oh, South we Africa all miss Cape well? Town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we miss the travel, and I think um, I think the old setup definitely had a really good balance of, of that excitement and new challenges. Um, as we've seen the last couple of years in playing in this, up, it's quite hard to sort of hold that um, intensity over a number of weeks, and um, you know, traveling brings out the you know new energy, and obviously, boys that haven't traveled before, that's new excitement. Um, you know, so even coming over the Dutch man has just been refreshing for the boys. Um, I think the fathers are loving it; they've been, <laughs> um, you know, getting sleep-ins and, and stuff like that. So, uh, I think it's really exciting. Um, the way it is now, I'd sort of hope to see something a bit, a bit better around. You know, coming to Aussie a lot more, and yeah, yeah do miss that South Africa setup as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and one last question because we do realise that you need to get on a flight soon. Yeah, I almost heard, heard Richie Mawanga getting caught over the yeah. PA there. <laughs> um, you've got. Uh... I'm flying it, so it's all good. <laughs> of course. Uh, the All Blacks have Ireland this year coming out to New Zealand. Uh, it's a dangerous side. What are you looking forward to? Uh, and do, do you feel like this is going to be a real challenge for the All Blacks this year? It's going to be huge, man. Obviously, we got tipped up last last time badly. Um, uh, that was uh, that was over in Ireland, yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So they they got us really good last time. And I think it's going to be an awesome challenge because um, we know what's coming. Um, the fact that it's in New Zealand is, is awesome for us. Um, but it'll be interesting to see just what we've learned exactly. Um, you know, we've reviewed the game after, but, you know, if we don't put those things in place, then it was a bit of a waste of time. So, um, you know, worry about that when that comes and hopefully sort of my name's in the convo and I'm in that environment, but uh, it's pretty hard to look past that, that niggly performance last night. So yeah. I think, um, 
yeah, for me and the lads boarding this flight, uh, we sort of got one one thing in our mind, and that's you know riding a few um, you know riding a few things from last night, making sure we get the job done against a uh, force, a good force team. Uh, Richie, we got one last one from a caller uh, from a sorry from a listener in Japan named Bernard Foley. He asked us to ask you about your horse <laughs> and a stake in a horse that you have. Is, is it the horse that's actually your namesake, Mawanga? Is that the one that you've got a stake in? Yeah, yeah. So that's Mawanga. Um, oh, I've won on that a couple Nisham. of times. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm still waiting, man. I'll, I'll send you my bank account details now. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, Annabelle Nisham. Um, yeah, been in some pretty awesome races. Um, I think sort of the last one. Big win was uh, Wink Stakes last year, uh, which was awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, ten percent share in, in that horse, um, which all goes to, to charity back home for um, Child Cancer Foundation. Oh mate, that's awesome. Um, yeah, a charity that I'm sort of really close with and done a lot of work with uh, in the past few years. So no, it's really awesome to you know I wasn't one to be uh, you know involved in you know the horse racing and stuff, but. Yeah, I do admit I got a bet three six five app now, and sort of gave that a hiding yesterday as well. <laughs> well, that that uh, that that listener over in Japan, Bernard Foley, also mentioned something to do with uh, your fantastic dress-up ability as Freddie Mercury on Mad Mondays, and I think he might have had someone in his ear about that. Hey, Richie, such a pleasure speaking to you on the show and go here on SEN. Thank you so much for your time before you board this flight, and go well over in Perth, mate, and good luck for the international season ahead. Awesome, lads. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Cheers, Thanks, Richie. Cheers, no mate. Worries. This is Jimmy Cheers, Garvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN one one seven zero here in Sydney. We'll be back after the break. Join the conversation. Call one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. You're listening to the Show and Go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. Welcome back to the Show and Go on SEN with myself, Jimmy Galvin, and Drew Mitchell. Drew, we were, we, we were interrupted in the best of ways earlier going through our time. Rudely. R- yeah, r- r- rudely. Richard Moanga, you know what? What a lovely guy. Yeah, great man. Really great nice time. guy. That, yeah. was, uh, that was a nice chat with Richie. And uh, yeah, as I said before, I would not want to be the Western Force <laughs> this week after uh, the way he was yeah, talking about how they're a, feeling. Probably got a bit of a point to prove moving forward. But I think so. And I, I don't so. know necessarily how many of them will be rested for, for this coming week. I don't think they're going to arrest many people, Drew. <laughs> yeah. So we were we were touching on our first point, which was Super W, but let's focus on the back end of that first point, which is Grace Hamilton has been demoted as the Wallaroos captain in replace for Shannon Parry. Mm. Drew, that's, yeah. that's a surprising call, and I think that might cause some factions in the Wallaroos camp. Do you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I think if so, because it probably just, like you say, it was su- surprising, right? I don't know if too many people probably saw it coming. She's such a great leader. What are they doing? Well, maybe they just feel like they need a different voice. I'm not too sure. I mean, Grace, you'd imagine, would still be in that starting lineup. Um, Is Shannon? Well, I mean, if she's the captain, you would assume so, right? There's a bit of competition knocking on her door as well. But <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, 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 I think if, you, if you're naming someone the captain of the, of yeah, the side, they're yeah, going to start. They're going to start. I, I understand that. Let's employ that. a little bit of common sense. No, but I mean, there's other players in contention <laughs> okay. for that position, oh, whereas Grace has been in that position, mm. fantastic in the media, and they've demoted her out of nowhere. 
like I say, we, we don't know what the reasonings are and we don't know necessarily if it was communicated to, to Grace. I think just from, from a point of view from being a fan is that it was probably a bit of a shock because she's been doing a great job. Um, but like I say, maybe the coaching setup just thought that they needed to hear, you know, a different voice. Well, and you touched on common sense there, Drew. I think that decision is lacking it. Next <laughs> up on the on the tight five. Here's, uh, here's, here's one that's lacking a bit of common sense, this next one. This is Spain. The Spanish Lions rugby team have been kicked out of the Rugby World Cup. Now, Gavin Vandenberg, mm. a South African national, has played illegally for the Spanish Lions, and they found themselves kicked out of the Rugby World Cup. Romania will take their place at the Rugby World Cup next year. And Drew, you tell me this isn't the first time that they've done well, this. Yeah, this is why there's not a great deal of common sense over there in <laughs> Spain. Uh, maybe a little bit too much sangria, because last World Cup in Tokyo 2019, they did the same thing. <laughs> what are they doing? Like, there's got to be someone there going, okay. Let's check availability. If they're not Spanish nationals mm. and it's someone that's, you know. Let's check it out. Let's just check it. Let's check yeah. how long they've been in Spain, how long they're eligible. Because we don't want to get kicked out of a World <laughs> Cup. It might just it's be the biggest good. thing. I mean, it's 1999 was the last time that they were in there. Well. And they could have been in there last time. I don't know. Look, I, I think, you know, World Rugby will probably start having a bit of a look and say, look. Spain. Maybe, maybe just kicking them out of the World Cup is not punishment enough because they're not learning. You, th- you you want more? Well, I I just think as well, like if if it's it's not just the Rugby World Cup that they're not eligible for, it's obviously all the tests in between. So all these different, Terrible. all the test matches that they're playing is Terrible. they're playing with someone illegally. Oh dear. Anyway, no common sense. Spanish. See you later, Spain. Ciao. Adios. I Adios. It is. Amigos. <laughs> Rivadechi. Whatever it is. <laughs> Next up, um, one of my favourite players. Bit of mongrel about him. Sometimes, not, sometimes, sometimes not lacks so much. common sense. <laughs> Tolalatu has been suspended. I think it's like a 20-week suspension over playing for Stade Francais in France. Now, big fan of him. He's he's received big he's received major criticism from the likes of Phil Kearns, hooker to hooker, over here in in uh, Australia. It's a major suspension, but. Is this putting him in the bad books in France, which may bring him back to Australia for the Rugby World Cup next year, Drew? Well, I mean, it, it could be. Look, the one thing about the French Rugby Union, they're probably not too unfamiliar with lengthy suspensions. Um, Tolu, yeah, like, I think it was downgraded to maybe 11 weeks. It was one where it was, it was careless. He got underneath the legs of someone when they are in the air. They landed in a really bad position and I think because of maybe a bit of a rap sheet he got a pretty lengthy suspension but um not great right and it's a position there where in Australia it's not been locked down I think if you look at it in the Wallaby squad you're like okay who's going to start a hooker is it going to be Parecki is it going to be Kaitu? like there's so many but none of them are just sitting there saying I'm the guy that you can bank on because for too too often recently we're too focused on what they can do at the back of a driving ball and how many tries they're scoring yeah, and yeah, yeah. getting over the ball and around the pitch. But you need to be able to bank on your hooker to hit a line out five minutes to go when the game's on the line. Break the line, run the ball. and No, and the, but the, your core skills, line out. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Too often we see lot, our hookers coming on, whether it be off the bench or closing out a game from starting and not being able to hit a guy at two or four. Who is your starting hooker for the Wallabies at the moment, Drew? Well, I like Lonigan. Yeah. He's good. I, I, I don't know. Maybe Parecki for that reason that I said. Really? I, I think you've got to put set piece before everything. I, 
You've got to put set piece before everything. Like because I did not see that. Mate, if, if you're up against the the, the All Blacks in the closing five minutes of a decider in the Bledisloe, yeah. you need someone to hit the line out. Yeah. I didn't need okay. someone to break the line. Completely understand. You've got other players to break line. You need some, someone to hit the line out. That's got to be yeah. your core skill. That's the that's your Stephen Moores of the world. That's the players that you've got to bank on to do their score, their core skill. When you were playing with Stephen Moore, did you know he was hitting the line of course. out every time? Of yeah. course. Yeah. Because you also know that that's what he puts most pride in in his performance because yeah. that's his core skill. Yeah. He was good around the park. He was good off the back of a driving moor. But he knew he had to nail his core skills, and he did that. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, back on Tolulatu, he might. Uh, it, it might mean that he comes back. I've heard. Um, ru- I, I've heard rumours. There's discussions floating already. Around. Yep. Yep. Right. I've well, got I mean, my be, ear to the ground, and nice. I've got some sources that might might have said that there's some discussions going on. Well, we shall see. Watch this space. Watch this space. Hey, uh, next up on the tight five, uh, Fraser McWright is. There's a big conversation between him and Michael Hooper. Um, for that seven spot. Now, is for, there? for me, it's not a discussion. For me, it's how you manage it. Yeah. Come on. Michael Hooper is the Wallabies captain. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I've not heard this discussion in terms of like him. You haven't so, heard it? I've, I've, I've heard it no. blowing up this week. No, 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 no. I, I think, obviously, he's the successor. I don't think there's any push for him to be the starter. I think it's just Does about. Does he come off the bench? I think, yeah, I think because we've got so many good options in the back row slash locking stakes, players like uh, Lucan Solakai Loto that can play. Who's on his way out? Well, anyway, but like players like him who can play second row and back row, which yep. means you don't have to have another back row option on the bench or a lock bo- uh, option. So you can go with a, an out and out seven. Um, so, look, I, I, li- I like Fraser McGrath. I think he's fantastic. And I think he would definitely be on the bench. Um, but. It's yeah, like you say, how you manage the minutes so that if in the event that Hooper goes down or when he's moving on or whatever it might be, that Fraser's had some minutes. Yeah, and 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 obviously the last point on the tight five is the Waratahs beating the Crusaders last night, which we just Oof. spoke to Richie Mohunga about just before. But you know who we're speaking to next, Drew, after who? the after the news break, we've got Paul Dawn, the New South Wales Waratahs CEO, wow. and uh, we're going to have a bit of a chat about all things Waratahs. So we'll see you after the news, my friends. Join the conversation. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. You're listening to The Show and Go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. Welcome back to The Show and Go on SEN with myself, Rugby Tragic, Jimmy Galvin. And another tragic, but in the best of ways, Drew Mitchell. <laughs> Thanks, mate. You, you, you do it well, Drew. I've got to give it to you. Every Sunday morning, you do it well. Now, I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to. What's that, Jimmy? A bit of a different guest we've got up next. Okay. You know who we've got up? Who? Tell me. Paul Dawn, the CEO of the New South Wales Waratahs, one of the top jobs in Australian rugby and off the back of beating the Crusaders last night. Welcome to the show and go, Mr. Paul Dawn. G'day, Jimmy. Hey, Drew. How are you going? Good, thank you, mate. Doing well, doing well. I uh, would say it'd be a pretty happy household in the Dawn household this morning. Am I right? <laughs> Very much so, very much so. The continued joy from last night. It's, uh, phones never run so hot, which has been terrific. Fantastic, mate. No, hey, hey, what a game, but also what a crowd out there last night. I, I know we ran into each other out there uh, at the Chairman's Club, which uh, I, I enjoy every week of Waratah's hospitality. <laughs> they do it well up there. But how vocal was that Waratah's crowd last night at Leichhardt Oval? Nah, look, it was amazing. One of the reasons we were keen to get as many games at Leichhardt 
mm. is uh, largely because of that atmosphere. You know, the players that really missed whilst the new Sydney football stadium's been built, uh, a real opportunity to have that home crowd advantage. And, um, you know, I think, like I thought, the easiest place to get to, I'm the first to admit, but when you arrive, this sense of just atmosphere and uh, grandeur, it's an amazing little yeah. spot. And uh, there were people queuing up outside the gates. I think they walked in the door and saw a 14 nil or something like that and thought, holy dooly, what have I missed? Um, <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. And... And a really uh, big thanks from all the people at the Waratahs for the people that turned up last night. Uh, I think we'll build and can't wait to see who arrives uh, in two weeks time when we're back there. Yeah, absolutely. You certainly gave them some some reasons to, to come back for the next one. But what about uh, the impact that uh, Darren Coleman's had since he's joined as the head coach of the Waratahs? Yeah, it's amazing, Drew. Like, Darren has certainly um, he's just come in and, and stepped it up. There's, there's been a lot of talk through the media and, and elsewhere around Darren's ability to be able to sense this to, to drive this sense of real culture across the team. They really, um, he's done an amazing job getting the players to play for each other, this sense of mateship across the board, which is maybe jingoistic, I think, for a lot of footy clubs, but it is amazing the difference between last couple of years and what we're seeing with the players this year. And I think it's it's certainly come off the back of a really strong pre-season. And, and full credit, not just to Jason, but all the coaching staff and the SSC guys. I mean, Darren arrived in September, um, sort of took his time just getting to know the players and, you know, we've been really impressed with the off-season that we had. I think the Rugby Australia said we were the fittest team by the time the uh, season started. So a lot of work went into that pre-season. Hey, Paul, one of the most difficult, if not, I think it was the most difficult year in Waratah's history last year. What was the most testing thing for you? And what has it taken as the head of the business to turn it around? Look, I think it's a combination of factors. You mentioned Darren before, um, appointing the head coach or, or unfortunately having to, to move on Rob last time was really you know, a difficult time in anyone when you're the leader of the organisation, having to make those tough calls. And, and actually all the work that goes into that, these are not snap decisions that you just take, you know, oh, we had a bad week, let's make that decision. These are things you agonise over, you go through the pros and the cons. So that, that certainly was tough. I think for me, the process that we went through with uh, selecting the head coach, you can imagine... You know, it's, a, it's one of the most high-profile jobs in Australia, the head coach of the Waratahs. And we had a lot of people coming out of the woodwork saying that they'd be interested, but we were very insistent that we wanted to run a, a proper process. So we made coaches apply. They had to put in writing, you know, why they were passionate about New South Wales, why they were passionate about yeah. the Waratahs. We went through, we interviewed, we checked references, we did all those sorts of things. And, uh, and Darren was an amazing candidate. So uh, we're really delighted with that process. And then you know, like all coaches, they want to bring some people with them and you've got to think about who's on the squad, not just from a player perspective, but who's in those supporting roles. So actually going through that in that sort of August, September period last year, keeping both um, Jason and, and Chris Whitaker on the books last year, it was a tough year for them as well. So, you know, I think that, that we put our investment behind those guys and it's certain, certainly paying dividends this year. And another part of the organisation that's doing really well and impressing is the Super W side. Uh, Unfortunately for the girls, they fell one short to the Fijian and Druid just last week in the final, but you must be pretty impressed with the way that they've been going about their work. The, the Super W program, I think, has been one of the success stories for Australian rugby. I mean, the girls and the coaching staff there have done an amazing job. I think we've, we've changed our language from not being beaten uh, in five years to now never being beaten by an Australian team in, in five <laughs> years. Um, the, the game against the Fijiana team, they were unbelievable. And I think that's been amazing for the competition. That, that Even last night, I mean, people often ask, would you rather win by 40 points or three points? I think for 
for ticket sales, for atmosphere, for all those sorts of things. Um, you know, I'd rather win by three any day of the week as long as we do win. Mm. Um, and I think that sense of competition for the Super W girls and, and the grand final this year down in uh, Melbourne as part of the Super Round was just was amazing. an amazing game. A really amazing. disappointed. I spoke to the girls afterwards. They were so disappointed. But I just said, you've been part of something that is... If, you, if anyone gets a chance to rewatch that on stand and have a look at that game, it is an amazing game. Yeah, it certainly was. And look, I know this one's been a bit of a talking point uh, across all Super W teams and, and women's sport in general, but we see that the Super W side have uh, a major jersey sponsor and, and a few other sponsors on their jersey. How far away are we from seeing those girls get paid for their work? Well, look, I think um, most most sporting clubs, well, most uh, franchises have made that commitment to their to their teams. For us and the Waratahs, we've said to the girls that we're looking to reimburse them for this year. We've applied to the Australian tax office to get um, an exemption around, you know, how you might be able to sort of provide. It's a minimal payment. I'm the first yep. to admit that. But but certainly around that two to $3,000 mark, which is pretty consistent with the other clubs. We just want all that money to go into the girls' pocket. So we're just waiting and sometimes, you know, working, waiting for a response from the ATO is not the easiest thing in the world. But, yeah, we're committed to doing that. And uh, for us, it's always been about the program. So payment of players is one thing, and the girls are delighted that there's an opportunity for that to happen. But... You know, what are we looking to do? How do we build the program next year? We're looking to go on a tour to New Zealand at the beginning of the year, which is something that people haven't done in the past. We will move into our new fantastic Centre of Excellence, hopefully October this year. The girls will be fully integrated into that like they have been for the last couple of years. So there's plenty to look forward to, that's for sure. Hey, Paul, just a last question, mate. It, it, all the players say that as the leader, they love having you around because you're you're the CEO that gets on the team bus and goes out to the games with them and has that presence. What is the legacy you want to leave at the Waratahs as the leader of the business? That's a good question, Jimmy. I hadn't thought, um, you know, I'm hoping to be around for a bit longer just yet. So uh, it's a program for me that uh, sees us as operators, one complete business. So whether the boys or the girls programs, the juniors programs, for me, I'm really interested in how we, we get connections across all of that. And then for us, connecting back to the players uh, of the past as well. So I'd like to see us as a fully integrated business, which doesn't just have the girls program just stuck in in the afternoons and the academy guys in the mid-afternoons. Thinking about how we support all our programs equally uh, is a really strong driver for me. And I think we've made some massive steps in that direction this year. Um, you know, But I think ultimately the way the competition is going to be structured next year, and we're pushing really heavily to see if we can get as many of those double headers as we can with the Super W program, with, right. the, men's, with the Super Rugby program. Uh, get the crowds along and then just reconnecting back to that suburban landscape as well. So Leichhardt's just an indicator of one of the things that we've got happening in that space. But trying to, you'll see last night an amazing story around uh, Ed coming on, Ed Craig coming on from uh, Eastwood last night, an opportunity to play. So that connection back to Shoot Shield and Premiership Rugby is really important for us as well. Oh, fantastic, Paul. Hey, Paul, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on such a huge win last night, mate, and all the best for the team uh, against Moana Pacifica next week and for the rest of the season, and well done on the job you're doing. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Drew. Have a great day, guys. Thanks, Paul. Cheers. Thanks, Paul. This is Jimmy and Drew on the Show and Go on SEN. We'll be back right after the break. Join the conversation. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. You're listening to The Show and Go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. Time now for the Super Rugby Wrap on The Show and Go. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to The Show and Go and The Super Rugby Wrap, Drew. It has been an interesting week in Super Rugby, kicking it off with the Reds 
going down to the Chiefs by two points, 25-27. Um, a strange game, Drew, up yeah, at Yeah, plenty Court of kicking. There. Too much kicking. Yeah, probably too much, yeah. I think at the start of that game was probably just both teams respecting one another's threats so much that they, I don't know, it's just like there's a long feeling out process and it took yeah. a little while for the game to really open up. But, um, yeah, look, the Reds will be disappointed uh, not to come away with a win yeah. in that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, um, I thought Tate McDermott had a cracking game. Yeah, he was good. But also, crucially, Teniel Tupo going down – the stroke of half time with a calf complaint. Yeah. And then Fotuwaka having to come off the bench, get straight into a scrum on his own five meter line. It went seven minutes after the half time or well, forty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forty seven minutes, you know, seven minutes extra time in that half. Uh and then the Chiefs score. That was probably a big turning point. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um James O'Connor missing. That's yeah. that's pretty big as well, not having that leadership just, out there. Leadership, but also his influence in the attack. I Look, I, I think Lawson Crichton's doing an admirable job. but I, I, just, I thought he played very well. I, I think he's just probably at 10 at this stage in his career. He's probably a bit more of a distributor rather than a ball, like a playmaker. Yeah. And I say that with respect. It's just that James, you know, like he's in that like that time now. Look how look how long it's taken him to mature into the role. Like just to be able to create and, and um, set up and assist and that type of thing. And that's probably what they're missing at the moment because we're probably not seeing as much of that coming from the likes of Jock Campbell, Hamish Stewart stepping up in that ball playing role. So the creativity in their attack, the variety in their attack is probably lacking a bit without James. Big fan of Jock Campbell. Don't think he had his best game uh, on Friday night there. Um, just a quick one to finish off on the Reds there. Hunter Paisami drew. Now, <sighs> fantastic player. Mm. Hard hitter. Is he in your starting Wallabies team next to Karevi? Oh, it's a tough one. I probably haven't put too much thought in it, to be honest. Um, is he a liability sometimes? Uh, no, I don't think it's fair to label him a liability. I think part of what oh, he I get labelled that sometimes myself. <laughs> yeah, but you are. <laughs> um, I, I think you know part of his appeal is his aggression, and sometimes when you're you're on that fine line, you know you, it's it's fine margin. You don't get it right. Um, yeah. But if you try and curb that out of it, then you don't get the aggression. You know, so it's you've, there's it's got to be some room for him just to play his own way, and he's just got to be better at playing within the realms of the, the rules. At, but, t- um, at test level, he's going to get pinged. Well, I mean, I, I think I think at test level and super rugby level, they're going to be adjudicated the same way. But, um, yeah, look, Parisi's another one in there. Uh, they've uh, Iki Tao, obviously, yeah, incumbent. Yeah. There's, there's plenty Bradley of depth. Bert. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we move on to the Force versus the Blues, 18 to 22. The game went about five to six minutes over time with the Force pressing and pressing and pressing, but they just couldn't get it done, Drew. Yeah, look, this one, the Blues shot out to a pretty big lead early. I actually didn't score a point in the second half, mm. and I think it was probably a case of, with respect to the Force, I think it was the Blues sort of probably switched off a little bit. Agree. Um, great play from the Force to get back in it and uh, and be there to try and push for a win. Um but again, whoever the Blues are playing on next week, you'd, um, the the Rebels, Ooh. same sort of thing. There's the going to be a response from yeah, them, I think. Just I the think way the that they, like, they got the win. But I think, you know, even even hearing them afterwards in the broadcast, how disappointed they were with not getting the bonus point. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, great game, though. Another great game. Yeah, and, yeah. And just something I think, maybe I'm not giving the, the respect enough to the force in terms of... Um, you know, like they, they forced them into that sort of a game. But uh, then there was another fantastic 
uh, spectacle over in Suva. Over in Suva. Fijian and Drua, their first, first proper game, home game soil, yeah, yeah, against the Highlanders. And, geez, this was a close one as well. Yeah, absolutely. But so good to see rugby in the Pacific, Drew. And I can't wait to see more of it. But we've already touched on as well the Waratahs getting over the Crusaders. Drew, I cried at the end of the game. I know. There, I said it. I was at the ground and I cried. You're, mate. Tragic. Tragic, yeah. I am. It's weird. Well, it's not weird. No, I it's weird. I just love it. It's I weird, love mate. it. It's weird. I had a few people, you know, looking at me. I don't I don't care. Um, <laughs> Rebels got up yep. over Moana Pacifica 26-22. Yeah, I was in uh, Melbourne last night commentating that one. Yeah. Um, the the Drua, uh, sorry, the, the Moana Pacifica side, they had a chance right at the end there to, to win it. And um, unfortunately, they couldn't find touch on the penalty. Um, Ray Nu'u got himself in a bit of trouble. The red card right at the end there. He's just come back from a suspension from a high shot. Now he's, yeah. he's likely to miss more time. So he also needs to go back. And uh, he did a little bit of education class to reduce his suspension from three to two, a world rugby mandate. Mm. And I think he's probably going to have to go back to class. Have you ever been suspended? No. Really? One red card against the All Blacks, but uh, it was dismissed straight away. Because what, what did you do? Uh, I was I knocked the ball out of someone's hand, time wasting, and then oh, terrible. It apparently hit Richie McCaw late, but it was only because it was Richie. You're not allowed to touch him, so oh, okay. it yeah. got dismissed. I ordered, I ordered a coffee at the side of the judiciary, and before it even came, they dismissed it. Oh, you know what? I should have got it to go. You've got a good track record on the field, off the field. <laughs> I have to question. <laughs> uh, and of course, later today at two p.m. Uh, we have the Brumbies versus the Hurricanes. I cannot wait for this game this afternoon. I'm going. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a Pinot Grigio. I'm going to sit back and watch on Stan Sport the Brumbies romp the Hurricanes down yeah. in Canberra. Yeah, well, look, the Brumbies are looking good for this one. So make sure you tune in for that one. And uh, yeah, the you're Aussie... calling that one today? No, I'm not. Got the afternoon off. So um, yeah, you're I'm... flying to Byron Bay this afternoon, <laughs> mate, aren't you? Yeah, I certainly am. But look, I I think the other the promising thing across the board is the the Aussie teams. Um, very competitive and, you know, look, I, I don't think we should be satisfied with just being competitive, but we're getting a couple of wins yeah. and uh, the boys are looking good. I reckon they'll do it this afternoon. This is the show and go on SEN with myself, Jimmy Gavin and Drew Mitchell. We'll be back right after the break. Join the conversation. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. You're listening to the show and go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. Welcome back to the show and go on SEN with myself, Jimmy Galvin, and Drew Mitchell. Drew, let's have a look at uh, next week's games. Starting off with the Blues versus the Rebels over in Auckland on Friday. That's uh, going to be a tough game for the Yeah, Rebels. it's going to be a saucy game after, like we said, um, Blues just not happy with their performance against the Force last week. Uh, the Rebels coming off a win, so they've got some confidence. I like the, the shift in mindset from the Rebels last yeah, they, night. They look better. They're going a bit more for, for the, backing themselves to score tries rather than points. Interesting that they play better when Matt Tamua's not there. I won't comment any further. <laughs> Reds versus Highlanders on Friday as well. I reckon the Reds are going to get them there, Drew. Yeah, well, look, we'll see. Um, yeah, the, Red, the Reds, they're probably not been happy with the last couple of weeks. They've, uh, they've been in it, but not getting the results. But, uh, yeah, I look to see them bounce back as well. Waratahs versus Moana Pacifica at Mount Smart Stadium over in Auckland. Uh, you, you want to see the Waratahs continue their form there? Yeah, look. You'd, you'd like to, but also Moana Pacifica, speaking to Sakopi Kepu last night after the game, they're really looking forward to getting back. And I think it might be their first game back at Mount Smart yeah. uh, because they've been playing their games at Queenstown and uh, and down in Dunedin through that COVID period. And so, look, they're looking forward to it and uh, they'll be fired up. They played pretty well last night. Yeah. Tava Tava Nawai on the wing is absolute fire. He's fire. Oh, he's good. Strong. 
Uh, Chiefs first Brumbies over in New Zealand as well. I think that will be a really good clash. I'm really interested to see how the Brumbies come out of today. Yeah, I, I think that will tell a lot of how they're going to travel over to New Zealand. Yeah, likewise. I'd like to see how the Brumbies perform this afternoon, but I fancy them over there as well. Force versus Crusaders. I feel that I would not want to be a Force player next week. Yeah, after speaking to Richie Mwanga, and even when you, you asked him the question, well, you sort of insinuating the question saying, geez, you wouldn't want to be facing you guys next week after last night's performance. And Richie's response, he just had a bit of a giggle, like, because, yeah. like, he knew. But it, it was a dark giggle. <laughs> yeah, it was like. It freaked me out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it was like, oh, yeah. we're going to do some yeah, bad we, yeah, things. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. coming back, and I'm, yeah. I'm getting. I'm getting Real feisty. Uh, Hurricanes versus Fiji in Drua over in uh, New Zealand as well. I think the Canes will walk away with that one, but it'll be interesting to see how Fiji play over in NZ. Yeah, well, Fiji, they're starting to come into some form. Um, yeah, interesting one. See how they go after Hurricanes play this afternoon. Well, what a show, Drew, on SEN again on the show and go. Guys, thank you for listening. We'll be back at the same time next week, 10 a.m. on your Sundays with myself, Jimmy Galvin, and Drew Mitchell. We will see you then.